let's get to 2 John. 2 John. If you're new to the Bible, 2 John is wedged between 1 John and 3 John. So that's helpful. Um, after 3 John is Jude, and then the very last book, which is the Revelation. If you know the old children's song. And we're going to uh, read the whole book right now. I know, brutal, right? Will you guys stand with me? And we're going to read the 13 verses of this book. <laughs> And if you're new here, I mean, I'll read it and you'll listen because we just don't sync very well when we all read together. It says, the elder to the elect lady and her children whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all those who have known the truth because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoiced greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth, just as we received commandment from the Father. And now I plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment. That as you've heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves. That we do not lose those things we work for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Having many things to write to you, I did not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. The children of your elect sister greet you. Amen. Amen. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. And Lord Jesus, we just pray that as we come to this short but important book, uh, on a day where we say farewell to this building and yet we continue uh, in the mission for that local church in the new building. Uh, we continue in the mission of uh, just being disciples and making disciples and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ that you may be glorified among all nations. We pray that uh, just that our right belief would lead to right behavior, that our creed, our, our confession of who Jesus is and what he's done would lead to uh, just wonderful holy living, wonderful loving living, uh, that uh, people would know we are Christians by our love, 
And they would know we are Christians by our holiness. So, Lord, just do your work of conforming us. Even those that just feel today um, overwhelmed, even those who today feel like failures, even those today that the, the enemy is just tapping at their mind and just condemning them and showing them their sin and their failures. And, and Lord, that you would just swoop in and just show them your love and your redemption and your plan of healing and making right. We want to live for you, Jesus. So do your work in us. In Jesus' name, uh, amen. Amen. Well, here we have uh, this beautifully short letter from the Apostle John. John, who wrote the Gospel of John, uh, a different gospel than the other three. Just, uh, you know, his intention is to point out the deity of uh, the Lord Jesus, that Jesus is God, uh, the, the seal or the crest of an eagle, always traveling with that gospel, just uh, something that would reflect just the deity of Jesus. Uh, John, who would call himself the disciple whom Jesus loved, the one who would recline at Jesus' breast during the Last Supper, the one who would trumpet the slogan, we have seen with our eyes, and now we testify it to you. Uh, the, the disciple who was uh, paramount in preaching against false Christs and antichrists, the term that's used by him so often. And, uh, and now he just, you know, after a first epistle um, where he trumpets those same things, uh, you know, believing the right things, uh, avoiding and discerning antichrists or false teachers. Um, first John telling us that if you say this but do this, you're a liar. If you say you believe this but you behave this way, then it's just not true. And, and he just challenges people's confessions to match their conduct. And now just this second epistle of John with the third, perhaps being the last books that were penned in the New Testament. Um, he just, he writes to this lady. And if you remember last week, we don't really know if the lady was a lady or if the lady, I mean, gender matters. I'm not getting into something weird in our culture. You know, if it was a lady, it was definitely not a man. Okay. But it perhaps was a personification of a local church. Uh, and so you kind of read both sides that uh, might believe that as he's writing this, he's actually writing to a sort of a Calvary Chapel of Prineville sort of a thing, you know, or a, or a you know, Baptist church in Ephesus, or, you know, some, some church that was in a local town. Uh, so as you read it, you might kind of discern that or pick up on that. Um, or perhaps it's actually a, a believing lady who has children and some of them are walking in the truth and she actually has a sister at the end of the chapter that you read in verse 13. She has a sister who's a believer too, and that might be what's happening there. So uh, there's kind of just, you know, it's not a big deal, but it kind of just affects how we might read it. And so, uh, and so last week we went through verses 1 through 4, and then we get to this uh, section with a commandment to love is verse four ends with a receiving from a commandment from the father. And then he says in verse five, and now I plead with you, lady, 
not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. This is love, that we would walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, that as you've heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. So he gets into this uh, commandment, uh, uh, this section regarding a commandment, and at at one point, it was a new commandment. Here he says it's not a new commandment, but at one point it was. And what is that commandment? We're going to jump back to the gospel that John wrote. Look in John 13, 34, and we'll have it on the screen if you're just not familiar with where that might be. Ever since Christ came, this has been an old commandment. In John 13, 34, he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. So in the culture of the day, in the religion of the day, uh, the, the people had gone to a very selfish, self-centered, me-first, self-righteous mentality. And Jesus comes on the scene and gives a new commandment. And what is that commandment? It is one of love. And I really encourage you to just really take time to meditate upon this this morning. Um, you know, we've got so many songs in the pop culture of love is all that you need and, you know, or what's love got to do with it, and, you know, whatever, you know, and, and just a culture that seems to embrace love, but really in their embracing of it, ostracizes people and, and really condemns others and only embraces certain. And so... Jesus comes on the scene and he says to us, there's this new commandment for us. It's one of love. And how are we to do it? It's in the same manner of Jesus. He says, as I have loved you. So we're going to see as we go through more of John's writings. We'll hop over to 1 John in a little bit. We're going to see this how Jesus loved us. Okay, This new commandment, um, it's that we would love. And in the manner of Jesus... That you also love one another. And then thir verse 35 goes on to say, By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And uh, just love this. It's so true that as we are kind and gracious and merciful and proactive in loving one another. Uh, just the other day I was taking one of our church dump runs to the Crook County Landfill, and Mark Roden works there. Uh, you know, Mark, he's driving all this heavy equipment, he's pushing the junk off over to the side of the pit, you know, and then he hops out with a bag, and he goes running around, and he goes picking up pot cans, you know, and he came up to me, he's like, you know what, I go, while I'm waiting for more loads to come, I pick up pop cans, and then I donate all the proceeds to missions in Uganda. He's like, sometimes I have 35 bucks a day, sometimes I have 100 bucks a day, you know, and it's just so funny because I make a lot of trips to the landfill now and I'll get out of my truck and he'll climb down out of the loader and he'll run over and we'll just hug at the dump, you know. It's like, love that guy. And Russell was like, who is that guy? I'm like, he's Mark Roden and we love each other, you know. And there's all these other guys that are at the dump and we all know them, you know. And, and they're like, this is not the hugging place and men don't hug, you know, and what's up. And, you know, just I've seen him three times this week already and I just... Love this guy. And this came to my mind, like, people will know that you're my followers 
by the way that you're loving one another. And, you know, it's just funny. It happened all this week. You know, guys in their, you know, Richardson meshed back hats, you know, these Prineville dudes. And we're like at a, in a gas station hopping out and hugging each other, you know. And that's different to the world. You know, the, the timber fallers around here don't see that a lot, you know. You know, it's like, what is this? We're followers of Jesus, and we're not making this up. It's just boiling up within us, and I just got to hug that guy. Um, <coughs> or holy kiss, you know, whatever you're down with. Um, it's in the Bible. Uh, Aiken writes, to maintain a healthy and growing community, the church must exhibit a fidelity to the truth that knows no compromise. And they must love one another in a way that knows no boundaries. And so in just a little bit, John's going to speak to us about caring about truth, all right? Being champions of truth. We studied that last week. Truth is mentioned five times in the first four verses. And you notice that as we read this morning, as you get towards the end of the chapter in the, in the verses to come, he speaks about watching out for false teachers who are preaching against the truth. And in the middle, we have this commandment to love. And I like that, what Aiken said, that if we are going to be a healthy and growing church, moving on, moving into a building that's over double our square footage, at the Pulse this last summer, we were praying at Ochico Park, and at our church prayer meeting, the Lord gave me a vision where this Episcopal church, like, I don't mean blow up like a bomb. I mean blow up like a bouncy house. That this thing just like, and just began to like, you know, bulge. That just the Lord would add to our church those who were being saved. And if we are going to be that healthy, growing community as a, as a church, we've got to love truth. And we've got to love each other. Truth that knows no compromise. And love that knows no boundaries. Amen? You guys want to know truth? You guys want to love each other? You guys want to be loved? I kind of like being loved. I don't like being hated. I don't even like passive tolerance towards me. I'm a guy that appreciates some love, you know? So don't be a hater. Vance Havner, who lived from 1901 to 1986, was a wonderful North Carolina preacher and evangelist. Some called him a reservoir of wisdom and wit. And he often said, what we live is what we really believe. Everything else is just so much religious talk. So the way that we live, the way that we obey the commandment to love, shows that we've embraced truth, the truth that John spoke of earlier on in the chapter. And so Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, and it's that of love. Now, years later, John, perhaps by this time, is the last living apostle. He says, no new commandment, right? It's not as though I wrote a new commandment to you in verse 5, but it's one that we've had from the beginning, from the time that Jesus came, and it's the commandment that you love one another. Check out John 14, 15. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. 
It's interesting, in another place, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do the things that I say? Don't call me Lord, Lord. Don't, don't say that I'm your Lord, but not follow me. And if you do love me, then obey. In John 14, 21, and you have to forgive me, I realized that as I was leaving the house today, Russell's staying home sick, I had him put the verses in, and he began from verse 7 on in our text today, so there won't be a lot of these on the screen. Uh, but John 14, 21, and I'm just convicted as he called me from the bottom of the stairs, Dad, where was I supposed to start? I said verse 7, now I'm getting ready to go, you know? And, uh, and so... Sorry, Russell, because you were supposed to start at verse 5, and if I would have thought... Okay, anyways. Have you ever been convicted while you're preaching a message? Sometimes it happens. I don't know. Okay. Some of you. Okay. John 14, 21 says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. It's kind of a fancier way of saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. <laughs> he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and I'll manifest myself to him or I'll show myself to him. Matthew Henry wrote in the 1500s, universal obedience is the proof of the goodness and sincerity of Christian virtues. And those who aim at all Christian obedience will be sure to attend to Christian love. And so as we hope to follow Jesus and just obey the things he calls us to, we can start with just loving each other. We can start with being loving. And you can just write in your notes to take a little time and read 1 Corinthians 13 and just begin the love chapter in your own personal life. Working through John here just to hear what this John the Revelator would say to us in John 15 Verse 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. And so, pause real quick. Great way to remember this is the children's song. This is my commandment, that you love one another, that you're... You guys know that? This is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. Sing it out, Emma. That your joy, not going to do it? Okay, be full. Okay, this is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. Sorry, some of us were raised in Sunday school, and, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, sorry, guys. Or you were in different Sunday schools, I'm sure. But you want joy? Love one another. It's that commandment, new from Jesus, old to John. And then in verse 12, it says in John 15, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, as I have loved you, how has he loved us? Look in verse 13 there, John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. So this 
commandment that John tells us in 2 John verse 5 is the same commandment that Jesus gave to us in John 15, that we would love one another, we'll have fullness of joy as we love one another. How can we love one another? By laying down our life for our friends. And not just bloodshed or taking a bullet for one another, but serving one another. Esteeming others as better than ourselves. In brotherly love, giving preference to one another. Because it's when you're walking in daily death to self towards one another, laying down your life for one another, doing the harder, grosser, more difficult tasks for one another. That's the kind of love that's going to take the bullet for somebody. It's the kind of life that's going to jump in front of the truck to push the other person out of the way, all right? It's love that's already been showing itself to be there. And as we have that kind of love, there's fullness of joy there. Just a great key to joy. And it's funny, I got a little John Corson in me today. If you ever heard John Corson, you know, he just sings during his messages, you know, and it's usually songs and rounds that the women get to chime in on and we can just make it a great old time. Um, but he also used to say the key to joy is J-O-Y, Jesus first, then others, and then yourself. So if you're depressed, if you struggle with depression, I encourage you before you go get on the pills, not that they don't have a place, go to Jesus first. Spend time in Jesus. Abide in Jesus. Love others. Just pour yourself out for others. You'll have fullness of joy. And then yourself last. Put others before yourself. Now go to 1 John chapter 4. Remember, that's before 2 John. Just sometimes we need to be reminded. By we, I mean I. And you guys already see what's coming the very first sentence, don't you? Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now, where am I going with this? Beloved, let us love one another. It's the pastor's wife, though. She's going to. For love is of God, and everyone who loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not. Knoweth not God, for God is love. Thank you, DJ. Beloved, let us love one another. First John 4, 7 and 8. Oh, where have you guys been? Living under a rock or something? Hello. It's 2019. Know your kids' songs. Okay. They didn't go to Bible Baptist. These two went to Bible Baptist, and they don't even know the songs. Aaron? Nothing? Oh, just not going to sing. <laughs> Julia, you're up here on the worship team. You're not even going there, huh? Okay. Anyways, love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. But if you don't love, you don't know God. You're not born of God. How do we know? This, Jesus is the 
Jesus is the model and the motivation for love. In verse 9, he says, In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Do you guys see how Jesus is the model of love? I mean, you guys maybe remember from last week how I color coat my notes. So this is that section of scripture, and right in the middle, you'll notice it's purple, if you can see that far. When I color code things, Jesus is purple. Everything about Jesus is purple. He's royalty. I don't know. It's crazy. It's how I remember things, okay? But the whole middle of this verse on loving each other has to do with Jesus. This isn't a love that's on the same plane as Muslim love or Jehovah's Witness love or worldly love or erotic love. This is love that's a holy love. It's an agape love. It's a self-sacrificing love. It's an unconditional love. It's a love that has no greater than it because it lays down its life for its friends. It's Jesus-style love. And when you've been born again, the Holy Spirit of God comes inside of you, makes his home in you, abides in you, and changes you so that you're a loving person. It's a great sign of someone who's abiding in Jesus and has the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. And so we were in 1 John 4. Now either flip a page or it's on the same page, but look at 1 John 5, 3. 
for the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, they are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does, does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Jesus was asked by a lawyer, what is the greatest law? What is the greatest commandment? And he said, the greatest commandment is this. You shall love the Lord your God. It's from Deuteronomy chapter 6. With all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And he says, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I remember as a little kid going into the Christian bookstore in Corvallis, and there was a little kid Christian toy area off over to the side. And that's where I'd always go hang out, you know, blow kazoos and stuff or whatever, you know, then put them back. <laughs> you know, it's before we knew about bacteria. Okay, and germs. Science. Okay. But I remember finding there in the Christian section a pencil. And on the pencil, in gold, the golden rule. And I may not be remembering this correctly because I don't know how it would all fit on one pencil, but it was something like this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And you shall love. <laughs> it was a long time ago. You guys, all right. <laughs> it was two pencils. It came in a two-pack. One was the first part, one was the second part, okay? But the second was like it. <laughs> you shall love your neighbor as yourself, all right? And you know, the reason that Jesus said that those two are the greatest, because when you look at the commandments of God, the Ten Commandments, the first four have to deal with our relationship and our worship to God. When we love God with all of our heart, all of our soul with all of our strength it's even written in another place with all of our mind then we are not going to have any other gods before him we're not going to whittle little images with our pocket knife and bow down and worship them we're going to uh, keep the sabbath we're going to observe a day unto the lord and keep it holy and we are going to take his name in a way that's pleasing to him because we love him you love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And Romans said it as we just read it. If you love your neighbor just as much as you love yourself, then you are going to keep the law towards them. You're not going to commit adultery. You're not going to murder them. You're not going to steal from them. You're not going to bear false witness or lie against them. You won't covet their things. And as Paul in Romans quotes Jesus from the Gospels. If there's any other commandment, it's all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so we're learning about this in our new church building, this neighbor. And we're just looking at each other and we're just going, hey, cool, a couple things here. Number one, these people need Jesus, right? It's a mission field at our front door, literally pounding. Okay, um, secondly, 
It's going to be awesome in like three years when they're up on the stage sharing their testimony about how they got saved. We're going to pray for that. It's going to be a great day. We'll have a potluck afterwards, okay? Uh, But third, like maybe we haven't been loving to them. And we can see how that's the case. There's a major culture shock in this neighborhood right now. You go from like nobody being there to like half, well, okay, half the town, maybe. You do the math. A lot of us there, you know, hauling through the back alley in our white SUVs, you know, not really thinking about others, says old Johnny. Okay, so have we been loving to them? He doesn't know yet. Have we been loving? You know, as we're hammering something at 1130 at night. Oh, man, if it were me or if I was, you know, maybe I shouldn't park here, you know, up on the curb with my front tire in their lawn. You know, I wouldn't like that. They probably don't, you know, whatever. So we get to love them. We get to think about this command with our literal neighbor. And you guys all have neighbors, too, around your place that we get to love on. We get to care for. I just love that final verse in Romans chapter 13, verse 10. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. The law is not the means of our justification. We are not saved by keeping the law. We never could keep the law, even on our best day. So it cannot be the means of our salvation or our justification. Nor is the law the dynamic of our sanctification. It's not how we're set apart from this world by laboring to just be good and do good. Still, we don't even have the power to do that. Our power for sanctification comes from the inward work of the Holy Spirit. But the law is a framework. It's a framework for the work of God within our lives as Christians. Jesus himself says, I didn't come to destroy the law or do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. And so verses 4 through 6 here in our text, as verse 6 said, this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. We went through all that, through John and 1 John. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Aiken says verses 4 through 6 are so simple, they are almost poetic. Walk in the command to love and love the commands in which you walk say that again walk in the commands to love and love the commands in which you walk i'm going to close with philip's translation here and i think i have it for you to read along with me and uh worship team you guys can come back up the philip's translation kind of says in modern day language i beg you now dear lady Not as though I were issuing any new order, but simply reminding you of the original one. To see that we continue to love one another. Real love means obeying the Father's orders. And you have known from the beginning 
that you must live in obedience to him. Let's pray.